welcome everyone to Tricky Kid Radio. Um, I'm your host, Roy Turner. Uh, joining me this week is my co-host, Rich Simmons. How's it going, man? And uh, this is actually the penultimate, I actually rehearsed uh, saying that, <laughs> Beautiful uh, episode. This is a maiden voyage. Uh, fans of the blog at TrickyKid.com. Uh, now you're actually going to get to hear the voice, and we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to be a weekly po- bro- uh, podcast brought to you. And uh, this week, our featured guest is none other than WCW world champion, wrestling legend, Diamond Dallas Page. Nice. Very cool. And uh, and we're going to be talking a little bit about him and his... Uh, uh, he's built like this whole like you know about this you know about DDP yoga I do know about DDP yoga yeah and he has like had a second act as this total like fitness guru That's guy awesome. and uh, and so I uh, and done a lot of great stuff and so we, we, we had we had a great talk out in Vegas and we're gonna get to that here in a little bit cool um, also uh, you know on the subject of of wrestling mm-hmm. and everything else and. And I should let everybody know here, you're going to be hearing a lot of different stuff on this podcast throughout each week. We're going to have music, we're going to have wrestlers, we're going to have uh, musicians, authors, uh, actresses, you know, actors and actresses, uh, the whole the whole shebang. This is a lifestyle type kind of thing as compared to being um, in one, you know, one one thing. So I think there should be something a little bit for everybody here. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, and absolutely. Uh, uh, and you know, Rich is uh, you're a you know you're a you're a you know we're, we're both big comic book fans, and, and so we're going to be talking a little bit about that stuff. You know, with different episodes to come. But for anyway, but so for now, the theme uh, of this week with having you know Dallas on everything else, whatever is what we want to mention is uh, we lost somebody very very special uh, in the wrestling world, and somebody that was uh, very dear to me, and I know as you as well, Rich Absolutely. is uh, is uh, WWF legend Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, and what what are, what are your memories of, of, of Piper? Uh, you know what? I mean, my earliest memories of, of watching any wrestling on TV, he obviously was there. I mean, him and Hogan were basically the, the one-two punch for, you know, when I was a kid watching wrestling. I mean, that was yeah. it. You had Hogan was the, you know, obviously the hero that everybody wanted to watch. But for me, Rowdy was way it more is. entertaining as the main villain. Totally. You know? Absolutely. And, and, you know, and, and that's how it always has been for me. Is it like, you know, for obviously for every... Uh, you know, for every good hero, oh, hero sure, has sure. to have the villain. Right. But he was, you know, as you know, uh, we're both big wrestling fans, mm-hmm. and he, for me, was the ultimate. He was the best. He was my all-time favorite. Um, uh, you'll, you know, for those that are going to be new to the podcast, you know, hopefully you'll stick around. And you'll get to know me, but you'll know that uh, to know me personally would be know to that Rowdy Roddy Piper was not only my favorite wrestler, but um, just a huge inspiration to me across the board in terms of just he was the original rebel oh, you know what I mean the, yeah, yeah. the best talker the yeah. best shitster yeah. trying to keep it <laughs> PG here but uh, <laughs> you know uh, just just the best the original rebel and you know and one of the reasons why I also wanted to do this show is that I'm, I'm the square peg in the round hole you've known me for years and you know sure. that uh, and so I'm not going to fit anywhere. I have to do. I have to do me. I have to do my thing. And, Absolutely. And it was always Piper's example for me that always kind of made me the fear, fearless about yeah, wanting to kind of charter out on my own and and do whatever I wanted. And uh, and uh, you know what what other what other memories do you do you, do you have of Piper? I, uh, you know, man, it's something where uh, you know, obviously, you know, seeing him for years, but then you know. 
film. You know, obviously he was in They Live, they of course, live. which people, was fantastic. People love to quote that. I mean, it's know? it's it's funny, man, because you know you're, you're talking about movies and you know actors and yeah. you know that that stand the test of time. I mean, that was that was. I mean, that was it. it. And I mean, you it. talk about you know any other. I mean, obviously you know you know today's you got you know, Dwayne Johnson, you know, and other the rock wrestlers, right. the rock that are that are kind of making that transition. You know, to to bigger movies, mm-hmm. but I mean, back then, they didn't have a lot of a lot of opportunities. Not at all. And you it know, was, and it was really weird. Hogan had scene. a few, you know, but but man, for him, I, it was just awesome. Man. But here's what's even funnier: I didn't realize how much people that he reached outside right. of wrestling right. because of just that movie. Yeah, absolutely. Because with all these memorials that we have had with social media now. Right. All of it was like instead of like him being in the kilt at WrestleMania, right? I saw just as many as him doing the I've run out of bubblegum, absolutely. The whole absolutely. thing, yeah. And one thing that really touched me did you see the Ronda Rousey fight? Did you? I did not, okay. I, I heard about it, but I did not see it. Well, uh, I I knew that she goes by the name Rowdy Ronda Rousey, Absolutely, yeah. And I thought it was as a uh, as it was. I knew that it was as a tribute or as a nod to to Roddy. I didn't, I didn't know that. Now, time for our official decision, brought to you by Metro PCS, where you get nationwide coverage on the blazing fast 4G LTE mobile network for just thirty dollars. Period. Here is Bruce Buffer. Ladies and gentlemen, referee John McCarthy has called a stop to this contest at 34 seconds of the very first round. Declaring the winner by knockout and still the undisputed UFC bantamweight champion of the world, Rowdy Ronda Rousey. Good Lord, Rhonda. Just good Lord. Look, that, first of all, congratulations. Was there anything surprising to you about this fight? I mean, primeiramente, parabéns. Alguma coisa te surpreendeu sobre essa luta? Uh, no, not really. It was kind of went how expected. But I just want to say we, we lost a really close friend, uh, Roddy Roddy Piper, who gave me permission to use his name as a fighter. And so I hope him and my dad had a good time watching this today. Rest in peace, Rowdy Roddy. No. Foi bem com a minha And he uh, he was in con- contact with her up until the fight, and he was like a you know kind of a not like he was teaching her how to fight, but but, sure. but, but a spiritual mentor. Absolutely. And she said something, um, and uh, and and I'll, I'll play it here here in a second. Okay. Um, and uh, and you'll be able you'll be able to uh, to hear hear what I'm talking about here, and. So you can see how how emotional it was, yeah. right? You know, her yeah. talking about, you know, it was pretty intense, man. Yeah, you know, with her with her dad and all that. So I and I think that she's so awesome and so dominating, and it was just such a great thing for her to be able to say, right? right. Well, now you you actually had a moment with with Ronnie, right? I did, I did. Uh, this is this is actually interesting. I'll try to keep this kind of brief, but uh, uh, I don't want to uh, ruin it for my my uh, my friend John Schnepp. Uh, John Schnepp is a, was a writer for, is a writer for that you know the show Metalocalypse. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you being a nerd, you may already know this, but uh, we're both nerds. I shouldn't call you a nerd. No, but, hey, it's, Rich, a, I, it's, it's definitely a... I, I work with a badge as well, my friend. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, John made a movie uh, this year. Okay, do you know about Superman Libs and all this? I just watched it. Okay, the so death you, of Superman. You saw it. Okay, I watched okay, it. Okay, okay, good. Because I was gonna, I was gonna send it to you. Okay, good. Cool. Okay, so you, so you've seen it. Absolutely. Okay. Well, uh, for those who haven't, I don't know what the hell we're talking about here. Is that? Uh, 
uh, in the late 90s, Tim Burton was going to make a movie uh, to reimagine the legacy of Superman and mm. in the most Tim Burton-y way. Absolutely. You've now seen yes. the movie. Uh, <laughs> in casting Nicholas fucking Cage as... Uh, as uh, Superman. And so why this movie didn't get made other than the obvious. Uh, <laughs> it came is, close. It did. Is <laughs> is just as fascinating as probably the actual movie. Right. That uh, John Schnapp, a great writer, uh, said, you know, he was a you know a staff member with a, the show Metalocalypse. And he uh, made a movie called The Death of Superman Lives. What happened? Right. Okay. <laughs> Well, anyway, well, uh, I was in L.A. in uh, this past April, uh, okay. uh, speaking at the uh, the ASCAP Expo there, and right, which is at the Renaissance Hotel. Okay, we were we were talking right before we came on. We were talking about uh, the Avengers. Right, and I got to see the Avengers: Age of Ultron at Man's oh, Straw Man's Chinese nice, Theater. Nice. Well, a lot of people, you know, they know about that theater, but just one block up is Straw Man's Egyptian Theater, which right. is the original one, actually, right, where right. the original premieres are. And that's where John was, uh, and then we were having a, uh, a premiere. Uh, of course, it was it wasn't open to the public. You know, it was an invitation. Sure, sure. You, know, you know, the whole red carpet thing and everything else, and and you know, uh, and a lot of people showed up. If you remember, uh, uh, Adrian Curry, Adrian yeah. Curry, you oh, know, yeah. I like her, and yeah. and she uh, she's like a pro cosplayer now. No, man, she is. Yeah, <laughs> she definitely is. Yeah, she's a pro. <laughs> and. Uh, well, and so, uh, you know, Roddy came to the premiere. Oh, nice. Okay. And uh, so, you know, I'm a huge fan of Roddy's and, and as we, we mentioned and everything else. And so uh, it was just the most unique circumstances where after the or, or, or like after the movie, I'm like at the bar, like talking with some other people there. The, the mm-hmm. publicist uh, for the film is... Uh, Actually, also uh, Dallas's Diamond Dallas Page's publicist. Okay. That's actually how I got uh, invited uh, to the uh, to the premiere. Nice. Okay, and so anyway, uh, so anyway, I find myself like at the bar, kind of. I had a couple of drinks, and, and I'm talking with Roddy, and Roddy was exactly how you would think Roddy would be. Oh, he, so- he he was in character, but. But I'm not sure you can separate yeah, right. Roderick Toombs, his real name, <laughs> right. from Rowdy Roddy Piper. He right. was just Piper. And we were having such a great time. And uh, there's a picture uh, that's up on the website that I'll have to point you to. It uh, Again, at trickykid.com. It's tricky-kid.com, where I showed it to you a little while ago where oh, yeah. he's in the headlock. What happened was... Was that we we're you know laughing and joking and talking and again Melanie the uh, the publicist was like hey I gotta get a shot of you guys and I was like okay and and uh, you know do something you know for the right, picture right. so Roddy grabs me and puts me in a headlock right, right there in the lobby okay of the theater he was giving it to you pretty yeah. good in the photo well here's what's funny about it is is that he grabs me and he he was such a nice guy and we've been talking for God about 30, 40 minutes yeah. about everything and laughing and joking and just having a good time and. And uh, he grabs me, and he he's trying to put it over big, but he whispers in my ear. Right. And he says, hey, you okay, kid? <laughs> and me and my big mouth, I go, well, Roddy, you can, uh, yeah. you can tighten it. You yeah. can make it a little more snug. And before I got the last syllable of snug <laughs> out, he tightens it and goes, you, he goes, he goes, you damn right I can. <laughs> and awesome. as you can see in the picture... Dude, my neck hurt for a freaking week, man. <laughs> no, that's great, man. And so, I mean, isn't that amazing 
that I got to have that moment, period. And what makes it even more shocking is that, uh, you know, that was just in April. And then he was, you know, when all this whole scandal came out about Hulk Hogan and being racist, which is very uh, unsettling, you know, I grew up a Hulkamaniac and all that. Right, right. was uh, I think TMZ somebody saw him like a few days before and I'm like hey what do you think about all this and right. he was just like as healthy and as normal as the guy that was wrestling me at the mm-hmm. in the in the lobby of the theater back in L- uh, back in Hollywood yeah, I, I, you know I saw that video okay yeah. okay so I don't know man I just uh, you know so I just wanted to say to you know to Roddy's family uh, you know his his actual family um, and uh, uh, and also to his extended family. Um, and you know, wrestling fans around the world, and you know, and just guys like you and I, man. You know, you know, Roddy, we love you, we miss you so much, and uh, and what an incredible loss, not just to the wrestling world, but uh, just uh, just to fucking human kind at large. Yeah, okay. Rowdy Roddy Piper, the you know, uh, one of the most original and uh, amazing human beings, and 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 I couldn't exaggerate what an influence he's been on me. Yeah. Um, and, and one thing I want I wanted to do we, we talked about whatever it is it one of the one of my 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 other memories I, I I mentioned a memory of him as an adult but I wanted to, to mention something as a child was uh, is that back God when was that first uh, wrestling uh, uh, oh, when, when did it come out 85? I want to say eighty five eighty five yeah, I want to say eighty five we're, we're revealing our age here <laughs> um, but. Uh, uh, what happened was was that I can remember as a kid. Do you remember when you know, uh, Rich? You're a collector and even a dealer of of action figures, right? Okay, and uh, and so do you remember when those original wrestling figures came out? Oh they yeah, were like, they weren't like the they G. didn't move. Jones. They didn't they move. Didn't move but you could heavy. definitely, yeah, you could. They weight, they do some weighed damage. like two or three pounds, <laughs> and they were made out of what was it like a rubber or something? Yeah, it had to be yeah, just like a hard rubber. And I remember going uh, to, uh, uh, you know, I was you know a very young person, mm-hmm. uh, young child, and you know, and you know, didn't have a lot of money growing up, and and my mom knew how important this was to me, and right. and going looking for those because they were also they weren't like they weren't easy to find. They also weren't easy to find. Yeah. Okay, uh, this is like eighty five. Yeah. Okay. And I remember, and this is before what was with the internet and everything else. Cause we sound like sound like dinosaurs here, <laughs> uh, but we. Uh, but I remember walking by the music section on the way to the toy store, okay. seeing that awesome album oh, yeah. cover to the wrestling album. Right. And the thing that I wanted to to end with about uh, you know with, about Roddy is that Roddy recorded a song. Nice. <laughs> on there, and at the time I mentioned earlier to you. Uh, is it was a, you know I was too innocent and too naive to know it, but the song is called "For Everybody," right? Okay, and but instead, <laughs> if you were to hear it, which I'm about to play it here in a second, and that's going to be our song of the week. If you were to hear it, okay, uh, you would know that the song is not actually supposed to be called "For Everybody." It's actually supposed to be. What you can imagine a different <laughs> F word, F word, um, and uh, it's actually a cover of, of, of from a band called Mike Angelo and the in the Idols. Uh, oh, man, that's that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, and the fact that the Piper would even would know that and it came right, out because right. it, it came out in 1980, okay. and so again, this was 
Rowdy Roddy Piper at the height of of of, of Russell, you know, the WrestleMania sure. era, you know, starting everything else. So this is for everybody. Uh, enter your own translation here <laughs> uh, by the late great uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Okay. Gene, wake up. You've got business to oh, attend to. That, that's the pit. So I got, oh, wait a minute. You're, I've got you're not. Hold on. Just a right here. Hold can on. you believe this? Right here in our very own studio. Mean Gene's going to get down. Can you believe it? Well, I'll tell you what. He's definitely a fruity with tootie. Mean Gene Okerlund doing tootie fruity. Are you ready, Mean Gene? I'm ready. All right. Take it away, Mean Gene. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's Roddy's message. It's like he loved right. everybody. He he would help get you shirt off off your back, but at the same time, for everybody. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Works on two levels. Okay. Well, now uh, again, like I said, uh, our featured guest this week is none other than Diamond Dallas Page. He's a wrestling legend. 
he uh, uh, like I said earlier he has really built this like second act as like this like fitness guru right. and him changing kind of like what people think about the word yoga we talk about that a lot uh, and and everything else uh, yeah no I mean I I you know first saw that when he was doing an interview on a G4 and he kind of was you know promoting it because yeah. I hadn't hadn't seen him wrestle you know in quite some time and I saw him on there and had no clue and they kind of you know uh you know they weren't making a uh light of it because they were actually saying you know this is interesting that your career is taking this tangent um now you you've actually had some interaction with him right did you uh well you know it's funny like how how we how we met you know we were uh i was talking about that was um uh it was actually at sundance film festival earlier this year and and I'll, i'll try to keep this a little brief as well but uh what happened was, <laughs> is I I was going to Sundance for the first time this year, and I'd, I'd never very been. Cool. And I was I was very excited about it. And uh, apparently, and what happened was was that Dallas was there uh, uh, with a film. Okay? okay, and and we talked about that. We're going to be talking about that a little bit here as well. Is that he made a movie called The Resurrection? Of Jake the Snake. Okay. Okay. And, you know, you as a wrestling fan, everybody knows that it's been kind of, unfortunately, kind of well documented. Right. Some of the, pro- you know, a lot of the problems oh, yeah. that Jake oh, has yeah. had over the years. And 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 also, uh, as a tag on to that, whatever, is it also with Scott Hall. Right. And so the movie proper is called The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. And it basically it's kind of how he... Um, you know, through you know, Dallas basically reached out to him, right? Okay, because because he trained Dallas. Oh, very okay? cool. Say so that. so Jake was a was a big was a uh, you know was a, he was a big fan of Jake's, and, right. and so kind of to kind of pay it forward, he was kind of like, man, I need to kind of find out what's happened to Jake and everything sure. else, and and uh, you know, without any spoilers, he you know he found him in a not such a great place, and and kind of brought him into the DDP yoga right right uh, you know regiment, and so it and it you know it gave him his life back, right, and so right. so they were there uh, with there's actually another. Um, uh, festival that happens simultaneously at Sundance called Slam Dance. Okay. And it's actually Slam Dance who's actually is actually going to be releasing the movie. They just uh, okay. they just this past week had just signed a, a deal to release, and there's going to be some select screenings all around the country. We're going to cool. we'll go over those at the end of the program as well about where you can actually can see the resurrection of Jake the Snake. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, so I was there and come to find out like the publicist that he had hired uh, for the movie was somebody that I've known forever. Oh, really? And, uh, <laughs> and she said, uh, hey, I, you know, you're coming to Sundance. Yeah. And I said, yeah. And she goes, you still a wrestling fan? And I was like, yeah. She goes, well, check it out. It, uh, wrestling fans will know this, that, uh, that uh, even WrestleMania is the biggest event of the year. Right. My favorite pay-per-view of the year, and you probably know this as well, is the Royal Rumble in good January. Stuff. Yeah. good stuff. Well, so since Dallas was going to be there, uh, with obviously with Jake and Scott Hall for the right. screening, they were there the night of the Royal Rumble. They were going to have a private watching party nice. <laughs> at this little bungalow that right. they had rented there in Park City. So I would have been happy to have watched the film in an arena right, right. that they were at. But I was like, 
and pay money to see it. But and so I, ended up, and it was so funny because I had just gotten, I had just flown in from Vegas. I was there for for a different for a different uh, convention, and okay. I uh, and I fly into Salt Lake City, and I rent my car, and I haul you know what out to Park City, <laughs> right. and I get to the Slam Dance offices right as they're closed, and uh, the the publicist there, the great Melanie Marquez. Uh, sees me and even under clothes, they let me in, and I was like, "Okay, Melanie." And I was like, "You know, where's this thing that you know I've been invited to this Royal Rumble watching party?" She goes, "Oh, actually, we're on our way there right now. Hang on a second, let me get my coat. I'll drive you over there." Nice. <laughs> so uh, her assistant Dee Dee uh, and I and Melanie, we get in Melanie's car, and next thing you know, I'm at a bungalow with uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Dime, uh, and Dallas wasn't there, and I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um, and there's Scott Hall and uh, and a couple other uh, wrestlers. You, you guys might remember a guy who wrestled in the name of uh, of Kazarni. His, his name is actually Sin Bodhi. He's okay. this super cool guy who yeah. does this show um, uh, right outside of Hollywood called uh, called Freak Show Wrestling. You'll have to check out. Uh, oh, nice. you, you remember you remember Rikishi? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and Rikishi uh, has this gym called Knox Pro Gym, and Sin does a big show out of there uh, every couple months, and it's insane. You'd love it. It's That's uh, awesome. It's uh, it's like an anything goes. Uh, the last one I was at was like had an alien invasion theme. And it's just, <laughs> oh, it's, it's the opening match. We're talking about He Man a while ago. Was the opening match was He Man versus Skeletor, and like Orko was, and like or like a monkey, I think was like the referee. It was, is just, it was incredible. No, it was incredible. You really got to see it. And like Rikishi was like selling popcorn. It was just it was it was really cool. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Anyway, so so uh, Sin was there, uh, and some other people, and like Jake's family was there, like Jake's daughter was there. She made all the food. It was just like, like if you were to have like a Super Bowl party, sure, and invite your friends over, except it was Jake Roberts, right. and them having a Royal Rumble party, right, right, with just some close friends. It was nuts. It was so fun. It was right. the one of the highlights of, of 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 as a fan of wrestling and doing what I do and everything else. So anyway, so I kept asking. Well, where's Dallas? Right. Where's Dallas? And we're watching the Royal Rumble. Lo and behold. <laughs> and he was like number 19 entrant. <laughs> and so he had snuck out the night before, had flown in wow. to Philadelphia as a surprise. Right. He was in the Rumble. And when he came out and his his fiance now wife, uh, Brenda, we also should say congratulations. Oh, yeah. Uh, to uh, him and his wife Brenda, uh, gosh, their pictures were actually in in, in Us Weekly uh, this, cool. this past week. But uh, but yeah, but him Brenda is, the, is so fun and such a a wonderful person. And, and I got to spend some time with with both of them and and got to know uh, you know both of them a little bit. And she just was just so nice and so and so cool. Uh, when he came out, the way that place erupted, it bonded us. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and like, uh, like you ever you ever have experiences like that? You know what I mean? Where like you run into people later and that were there, and- right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's lots of stuff where you know where you can you know get a time and a place to where it was a certain person or a certain song you heard with a certain person. Where it's like anytime you hear that song, you're just like yeah. immediately there. Yeah, kind of exactly. the same thing. What you were talking about. And so ever I've run into people. Obviously, Mel, we were talking about at the. Um, you know, with the uh, the uh, death of superheroes, mm-hmm. and and it's just kind of like it just it bonded us. You know. Well, anyway, okay. So uh, fast forward. Uh, so after kind of establishing, uh, you know, uh, a rapport with, with with them, I was in back in Vegas in April for the Cauliflower Alley 50th reunion. 
Do you know what this is? I do not. Yeah, uh, it, it's crazy. It's like this. I didn't. I've been wrestling them my whole life, and I didn't think about it. And it was uh, uh, something obviously I've been doing for fifty years. But uh, it's a kind of a kind of a boys only uh, or boys and girls or performer. I shouldn't. I should make it gender specific. It's kind of a performers okay. only kind of thing. And but just, but just for wrestlers, uh, pretty much. Okay. And they, but it's also a benefit. So they kind of had to open it up a little bit. So okay. so uh, otherwise, um, I don't. I don't know if I would have been able to to have have been in attendance but anyway um so while there we had talked about doing an interview and so uh dallas was staying over at the hard rock hotel and mm-hmm. and scott was with him and uh and you know because because he was there winning or being he was receiving two awards okay uh one for each night one for his in-ring work and one for his Outreach program okay. you know, with DDP Yoga, and w- one night it was being presented to him by by Jake, and the other Very one by cool. Scott, right? Very cool. And so you know his daughters were there, and they're super cool. And so anyway, so this is a chat that I had with Diamond Dallas Page, um, uh, poolside at the Hard Rock Hotel uh, in, in Las Vegas. Uh, in April uh, 2015, and so uh, anyway, we get into all kinds of kind of kind of cool stuff. We talk. Um, he's got this uh, performance center he's opening up. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's something. Where is it? What is he uh, actually doing at the performance center? Well, it's kind of like you know, like like what they have down in down in what the WWE actually has like in Florida. Uh, he's based out of Atlanta, and it's just kind of like a place where instead of just you know doing the DDP yoga. At home with the with the with the DVDs that we were, it's a place where you know it's like an all-purpose. Uh, okay, I, I, I think it opens. I want to say it opens next month in in, in September. Uh, I wish I had an actual date there, but you definitely can go to ddpyoga.com or or you know just diamonddallaspage.com or uh, and you can find all that stuff out, whatever. But uh, but yeah, um, so he's got this movie. Um, you know, it's funny. You know, we talked about some other stuff that you know you'll hear in the interview. Is that he? Uh, it's actually unfortunate. We he gotten really. We had all gotten really bad sick while we were there. I don't know how, but like we Uh-oh. all left Utah with like viral bronchitis. Very good. And you ever been like really sick where you were sick for like a month and not like a week, and you're oh, just yeah. like, am I ever gonna get over this? Well, he ended up winding up in the hospital, and oh, so, seriously, so, and so. So he's just uh, he's a fighter man. He has recovered from that. Like I said, he's got this movie and the you know, DDP Yoga and the Performance Center. He just got married, and so anyway, I hope you guys enjoy the uh, the interview. This is uh, me with Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, if you just joined us. So this week we have Diamond Dallas Page. Thanks for joining us today, Dallas. Uh, I know that our time is a bit limited, but we also have a, quite a bit to talk about. Um, this has been quite a, quite a year for you. Yeah. <laughs> to, say, to say the least. Yeah, just start. <laughs> well, I know you've done quite a bit of press about some things that have been going on, so why don't we, instead of re-going over that, why don't we start, start from current and go backwards? Like, for example, t- tell me about this performance center. Uh, the DDP Yoga Performance Center uh, is my corporate headquarters. Uh, it's also our production headquarters where, you know, we're, we're essentially a production company at this point that just happens to do uh, lifestyle and like the, the exercise lifestyles, DDP Yoga, uh, how we eat, um, and then uh, just inspire, we try to inspire people to believe anything's possible. 
And so what I did was I created a 6,300-square-foot building, 4,000 4, feet of it was for the corporate headquarters and the editing and the, you know, you know, the corporate meetings, etc. The 2,300-square-feet, which is a brand-new uh, extension to the building, it's 22-foot ceilings, uh, ceiling, 22 feet high. Uh, it's 60 by 40 length and width. And within it is the area to do the workouts, just like my DVDs. They look very similar to that, but only cooler. Wow. Uh, but it's also going to come, not all the workouts, but many of them will come with an interactive feel of a studio audience that will actually be working out with me. Oh, wow. So there can be 20, 30, 40, 50 people additional bringing that energy that you don't get on any workout, anywhere. There's no one in the beach body world that does this, meaning, you know, Insanity or P90X, uh, because they're really not equipped to do right, that. Right, um, The only people that actually could do it would be yoga classes, but yoga, you know, doesn't really have any energy. <laughs> you know, DDP yoga, on the other hand, is full of it. So the more people, the more, you know, I've done DDP yoga workshops. Uh, I did one in Port Newport, North Rhode Island, uh, 151 people were there. Oh my God! Yeah, it's it's really amazing. So when is, are you going to uh, implement this in terms of where people can come to the performance? Well, center? we're going to do a soft open sometime in May, and okay. the people who are in and around our circle will be able to come because so many people just want to come. Because we always, we're doing workouts at my house at 10 a.m. <laughs> right, right. For two or three years. I remember you telling me about that, right? And and now they'll have an opportunity to come to the PC and performance center. Uh, we'll start with that 10 o'clock class. Uh, we're not completely done with the, um, it's all been, like, it's called flocking, so you can't hear anything. You can hear a pin drop. I mean, you can't hear anything oh, wow. outside. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a Hollywood state-of-the-art production studio, and it's not just a workout area. So you just needed something to kind of house, because you've got your hands in so many things, and this is... This is kind of like a home base for you. Yeah, and what it is is we have a, a kitchen, you know, with wolf stoves, sub zero wow. refrigerators, and it's really, really, it's high end. Like the hottest thing on television really today is cooking shows. It really is, yeah. And no one shows people how to eat genetically modified free. In other words, the stuff that hasn't been made in a laboratory. Right, right. And it's a, it's an awareness program teaching people what foods are really healthy. Yeah. And, it, and all I'm trying to do, like, uh, and a lot of people go, oh, God, you go so overboard. I'm like, no, I don't. I teach people how to eat the way your great-great-grandparents ate. There was no such thing as organic back then. Right, right, exactly. Everything was organic. Yeah, that's right. You know, so... Not the caveman diet, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, the caveman diet is really good. Uh, Chris Jericho swears by it, lives on it. I, I eat a little more grains than that, but they're real grains. They're not. Wheat has been genetically modified. Yes, that's right. It's been changed. So is soy. So is corn. Brown rice, especially organic brown rice, has not. It's <laughs> right. as real as it was ten thousand years ago. Right. You know? Right. Well, now. Um, for those listening, uh, if you hear a little bit of wind, uh, Dallas and I are actually poolside at the Hard Rock uh, Hotel and Casino here in Las Vegas, and you're in town, as I am, for the CAC reunion for Cauliflower Alley, and you're receiving an award this evening. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about that. Also, last night, I did a DDP yoga uh, workshop here at the Hard Rock Hotel, and I'll be coming back. The date will be disclosed very soon. 
and we're going to build it up because it's going to still be 150 people there. Last time we had 62 people. Fantastic. And that's with three, two and a half weeks, you know, out. Letting oh, wow. And uh, it, was, it was a great time. Everybody loved it. Uh, the energy was amazing. And I'm giving 30% of what's left over after the Hard Rock takes their end. Uh, <laughs> because they also, the Hard Rock also gave me seven rooms. Oh, wow. For this event, I brought my family and I brought my daughters in, my fiance. Yeah, I, I want to bring Scott in and Jake and uh, uh, Dusty. I was bringing in to, to uh, induct me in the wrestling award, but he, uh, he has personal reasons he couldn't be here. I, I heard that he had canceled. Yeah. yeah. So who's taking his place this evening? Well, actually, Jake will take his place and to this evening because Jake was going to give me the humanitarian award. That's right. Now Jake's going to give me the wrestling award. And because uh, Jake could give either, you know? yeah, sure. And Scott Hall is going to, uh, you know, induct me into oh, humanitarian. So, fantastic. You know, I mean, well, congratulations on that. Yeah, it's really, you know, it's a, you know I, I said this years ago, um, and, I, and I'll tell the story tonight. Um, that Brian Alvarez asked me. He said, "Where do you see DDP Diamond Dallas Page? Because you, you're doing this whole back then. It was called YRG." You're changing so many lives. The disabled veteran had already happened. And then I started to get in, started to get into some really big people. And this this workout, DDP Yoga, was never about weight loss. It was about healing my body. That's right. And holding back the hands of time and making myself injury proof. Right. That's what it was about. The whole weight loss thing is just an awesome side effect. Sure, sure. So uh, he had said to me... Uh, but there's such a market for that that people kind of oh, cling on to that, right? It's insane. That's where so many people... And I, and I have people who've lost hundreds, not hundreds, hundreds of pounds. Yeah. And uh, you know, he said to me, so where do you see yourself five years from now? And I said, uh, Ryan, I, you know... It's already happening, but by the time five years comes by, I said, Diamond Dallas Page will be the next Jack Lane meets Tony Robbins, meets straight Richard Simmons. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I told him, I said, I honestly believe it. I honestly believe that what I'm doing today with DDP Yoga is going to eclipse what I did in my wrestling career in the 90s. Anyway, he goes, that's a bold statement. Because, you know, I, I had an unbelievable career. And, uh, you know, in 97 and 98, I was top up there with anybody. Right, and, sure. You know, and I, and I got it from 90, I had that ride from 95 to 2002. So, you know, to say that it's going to eclipse my career, you know, and then about a little bit, about a year and a half ago, I got a call from the wrestling. Um, the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. You know, Dan Gable Hall of Fame up there in Waterloo. Sure, sure. And they said that uh, that they wanted me to get the Frank Gotch Award. And Frank Gotch, one of the greatest wrestlers of that of era. All, yeah, of all time, yeah, actually. Just an amazing cat and an amazing human being. The Frank Gotch Award was given to people for you know in the business for what they've done outside of the ring. Right, right. Thought, wow, that's interesting. That, that's pretty crazy. And then... Well, that's what we want. Also, I mean, think about what you've done this year outside the ring. Right. But also, besides the DDP Yoga, of course, you know, with you know, with the, with the film and kind of uh, with the, the resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts uh, in the film where, you know, you and I met in, in Utah right. uh, at the end of January, beginning of February. And, uh, and you know, 
it couldn't be more deserving. I mean, you literally, I mean, you can be as humble as you want to be, but you, you literally have saved at least, as we see a uh, documentary on film, at least two people's lives. Yeah, well, yeah, they, they were at the right place at the right time, and so was I. Uh, it was an idea I had to, to help James, and Scott was, I didn't, I had to call it Scott Hall. If you go back to before he came into my house, I probably called him 12 times over a 12-year period, maybe 20 times over a 12-year period. He never answered the phone once. Right. You know, so, you know, I didn't even know how to get to Scotty. Right. Uh, but Jake, I knew how to get to him. But we had to mend some old wounds. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, I, I got to a spot where, you know, I just knew he was, you know, I didn't know how bad he was till I got there. But I heard he was in really bad shape and... My goal was to get to help Jake walk away from the business with the, you know, with the spot he should have. Right. You know, like when Austin says, you know, when I I named my top five wrestlers, he said, Jake's always on that list. That's right. And with good reason. Yeah. Yeah, right. So I wanted him, but what he had done for me. It took a lot of time, you know. He would critique my matches for years, for years, and uh, he didn't have to do that. He told a story last night, uh, a couple of things. One, he said that you must have been completely insane to allow him into your home. <laughs> he did. And, and and the second thing was, I'm sure it was in jest, but he said that his whole uh, initial motivation for training you was just to defy Ric Flair. He said that, that uh, you went to Ric Flair first, uh, and Ric Flair uh, said that you were you were a little too old to be a rookie, and uh, he said you would never make it. This is Jake's words. Uh, and then Jake said, well, forgive me, but he said, fuck that. Uh, I'm going to train this guy just to, just to, to prove Ric Flair wrong. And in, and in turn, I ended up finding my guardian angel in, in so many words. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and I don't, I don't, you know, every, there's my story, there's Jake's story, the right. one that really happened. <laughs> That's the one I always learned with Jake. Right. I remember Nate at the time not believing in me. Um and you know he had the book at the time and if you're looking back to, to, to Nature Boys you know one of the, without maybe if not the greatest of all time right you know, he would I, also be in, in Stone Cold's top five list as well of course uh, absolutely also with good reason you know and um, the Nature Boy you know um, back then we didn't get along so well and today I get along with him amazingly um, and uh, it's interesting because I'm always looking for the positive side of everything. Right. You know, when Nate retired, when, remember when he retired from WWE, and they gave him big. the greatest send-off ever. Yes. It was amazing. It was. And me and him were going to be on a show the following weekend in New Jersey. I'll never forget it. And I thought to myself, you know, I know me and him had a lot of heat over the years, and we both said some things, and I thought, before I was in the business, I... I didn't like, I loved Ric Flair, like so many other fans. Yeah, me too. And I thought to myself, I don't want to go the rest of my life not at least taking an opportunity to fix this. Right. So we, we were at the uh, autograph session, and Nate just left WWE, so imagine how much attention he was getting at that time. Sure, sure. I mean, he was making 20 grand a signing. I mean, he was on top of the world. Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I walked up to him, and I said, Rick, I said, you got a second? He's like, sure, Diamond. And we walked over to a corner of the room, 
and I said, you know, nature, I know you and I have had heat over the years, and he goes, oh, no, Diamond, don't, oh, stop, that's, that's years going by, yo, don't worry about that, I said, dude, I'm not worried about it, I want to fix it, I know I've said some shit, you've said some right, shit, sure. I said, I swear to God, Rick, I would love to go back in time and reintroduce myself I said, man, because I grew up loving you, man. Yeah. I don't want to feel what I feel about you or you to feel about me. I said, I'm Diamond Dallas Page. And I put my hand out. He <laughs> grabbed me. He hugged me. You know, God bless you. Mara, this was such a sweetheart. But, you know, mates can be like that, too, you know? Sure, sure. But I didn't know if it was real or not. And then about a month or so later, uh, a friend of mine wanted to do the movie The Wrestler was hot. Right, okay, the Mickey Rourke yeah. yeah. It was just all, you know, all, uh, you know, it was up for Oscar nomination. Sure. All this stuff was buzzing about it. Right. And, um, and did they do something with Rick at WrestleMania 25 that year? No, they did something actually with him, um, um, with, uh, well, Jericho, it actually with did Jericho and Rourke. It's right. a little miss thing here. So, okay. so uh, that these big producers in Hollywood who were friends of mine, they wanted to bring me in as an executive producer, and they wanted to show stories of the guy who is still out there, still on independent scene, was a monster star, just can't walk away from it. Right. They wanted to do the 40-year-old guy that loved it, same spot, but never made it, but still doing the indies, and the young kid who could be the next guy, or at least get the next break to get the spot. Right, so the trifecta of... Follow these three guys. So I call, but the producer says to me, he says, uh, do you think, you know, when he said, who do you think's that guy? He said, it's either Flair or Piper, and Roddy don't really wrestle anymore, but Dave will still go out there and do his thing. It's right. like four or five years ago, right? Right, sure. So uh, I said, he goes, do you think you do it? I go, I tell you, dude, if it was a month ago when you asked me this question, I know he never returned my phone call. I go, but we just fixed it. I said, let's see if it's real. Yeah. And so they have a chance to test right. it. So I called them up. Hey, Nate, it's DDP. Listen, man, I'm sorry to uh, you know, pop in on one of your messages here, but it's going to be a long one, so forgive me for that. I said, but I got to tell you, dude, I don't know if you need the money or not. I go, but I got these guys out here in L.A. And I tell them all about it. And I said, even if you don't want to do it, I'd appreciate a phone call back just so I could tell them. It's the one message I wish I'd saved and I lost. <laughs> he was so just the nature boy and so, you know, just funny but real. Right. When he said, oh, God bless you, DDP. He said, oh, you know, I so appreciate you looking out for me and my family. He said, and of course I can use the money. I got four XYs. <laughs> it was just so endearing. So then I called them back and I sent them up in the meeting. And, you know, so... I know Jake remembers that story like that, but I don't think it was said exactly like that. <laughs> but you never know. Uh, I just know that how I feel about you know Ric Flair today is uh, the way I always wanted to. And that's fantastic. You know, for for me, I my history is actually in the music business. I I've been on the road for many many years with many um, musicians. I once stood in line to buy a ticket for, and it was really you know a little heartbreaking to to have certain you just say he's right. with people that I want and and sometimes it's unfixable and that's not without not without trying right but that's where you where I have to credit you is because it wouldn't happen if you hadn't tried and there's not a lot of people that will do that 
Well, you know, life is so short. You know, uh, yeah, but it's an attitude that would be kind of the key, right? Well, you know, I found that people who can say they're wrong and apologize because, okay, you're wrong and I apologize. That's right. <laughs> That's right. A lot of people can't do that. Well, you know, you know, a lot of people can't say I'm sorry. Oh, I'm wrong. Right. And I'm one of those people like, if, but if I don't think I'm wrong, I'm going to fight you tooth and nail. You know, to prove my point. Right, right. You know, even if you, I mean, you don't have to agree with me. You can agree to disagree. Sure. But I'm not just going to roll over and go, okay, you're right. Um, I think that it's uh, an adaptability factor. You see, one of the things I learned very early in life, I grew up, I bounced around from one family to another because by the time I was three years old, my mom was married, divorced, and had three kids. She was 19. Wow. Wow. You know? Wow. So my brother and sister went Bless to my her. mom, my, who had to give it to my grandmother to raise. And then, um, and then uh, you know, I went with my dad because I was, I was a little wild man. Yeah. You know, and yeah. there was no way that my, my grandmother could have handled me. So, you know, <laughs> my, I bounced around from family to family until I was eight years old, so I moved in with her. And you learn a lot. When you have to go from one situation, a lot of people become, you know, intimidated by that. I flourished in it, you know, because I was, you know, I was, and I was a wild kid, you know. I mean, I grew up with ADD and dyslexia at the time. No one knew what the hell ADD or dyslexia was, so right. I was crazy. So you kind of couldn't fix it, you know? yeah, right? And, and there was no fixing it. If 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 Ridland would have been around. You know, when I was a kid, I probably would have been the poster boy. For it, you know, kept them in business. So yeah. I, I'm really glad it never happened because I wouldn't be the same guy. Well, sure, but you know what? I think there's a, but there's also something else um, in terms of besides what you're born with. There's a certain you know uh, mind frame of things that we chase. You said something, and uh, that I, I whenever you're in the hospital, just those, people are listening, so they won't get confused. Uh, Dallas and I met in Utah uh, again, once again at the uh, Slam Dance Sundance um, uh, Film Festival, screening the movie Resurrection of Dick Distinct that we just talked about. But right after Utah, you uh, had a bit of an earthquake of, uh, of some health issues. Yeah. Okay. Well, it started in Utah because I came off of New York and I was pushing so hard, and when I got right. to Utah. It was all about my throat. Right. It's so dry there. Well, that's what I want. I want. I wanted to cover. And you said something uh, during while you were in the hospital. You were posting pictures and stuff, and you said something that really, really struck. It's a wonderful life. Right. Now you and I had just met, so we didn't know each other that well. Right. But I was like, you know what? The next time I see him, I want to talk about that because it's, it's one thing you don't know about me is that that's my. My greatest aspiration. It's my favorite film of all time. Uh, it's I quote the movie like scripture. <laughs> George Bailey's life is uh, is is my great my, my last greatest aspiration. Wish I had a million dollars. Hot dog. Hot dog. <laughs> exactly. Every Christmas, uh, there's a very a small town in Texas where my family is. One of those old great uh, marquee theaters. Yeah. They'll show it uh, oh, at God. Christmas time, and That's it's uh, awesome. it's my favorite family tradition every single year. So the fact that you you kind of have, you know, John, uh, sorry, Jimmy Stewart is George Bailey in the back of your mind at all times. Is kind of your kind of your kind of guides the ship sometimes, doesn't it? Well, when I um, back, okay, sorry, know, wow, so, wow, it, it was in the middle. Of, I mean, I, I had a few of them in the house, okay. VHSs, you know, and I gave her the movie "It's a Wonderful Life," and I said, "I'm somewhere in between that character, George Bailey." Here it's <laughs> my friend. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I feel that George, like. If you're a good person, everyone in the world should aspire to be 
George Bailey. Yeah, that's how I feel too. You know, I mean, just, and again, life's too short not to. And, and the way they did that movie, you know, where George, you know, it's not his fault that the money's gone. Right. And it's Uncle Billy's fault. Right. And he's standing at the bridge because he's realized at this point, I'm worth more dead than alive. Right. We'll save his family. But oh my God, it would crush his family. You know, so. But what, what proves that, though, is when Clarence has the epiphany right. that if I jump into the water, yeah. get, I'll, I will use his nature against him to, to, for my own agenda. Right. And he'll come, because I know that he would save me. He goes, I, 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 I jumped in because I knew you would jump in to save me. You know, it's in his DNA. That's right. In, in the character George Bailey, it's like, you know, we had a lot of ups and downs with Scott and with Jake. Many more with Jake. Right. But there was times where, you know, I can remember, you know, Scott telling me the story of him talking to my, you know, my business partner, Steve Yu, who was the director of the movie. Right. Great guy, and, Steve, by the way. Yeah, great guy. And um, he's telling uh, Scott, if you just call Dallas, he'll help you. It, it's, it's not like he can't. It's in his DNA. <laughs> you know? Right. And I thought, right. yeah, I guess that is, you know. With complete strangers, you know. I mean, I had a guy, and I, I'm debating whether I bring him and this other guy, this woman up on stage tonight, just to say, look at this. Um, the guy walked up to me as we were leaving our first screening of Resurrection Jake's Hey, big guy, about, about two, 330, somewhere around. Wow. There. And he, say, he says, Diamond, he goes, I just got to tell you, I, I love your program. I've been doing it now. Um, eight months, I've lost 190 pounds. And I'm thinking, Holy shit. Okay. I'm, you know, anybody can come up and say that to me. So I'm not going to... I I would never let that be... Oh, wow, that's great. Oh, that's tremendous. Oh, appreciate you. Yeah, right. Well, then, and I said, so you lost 140 pounds in 10 months? I'm thinking he couldn't have said 190 in eight. He said, no, I said 190 in eight pounds. In eight months. Wow. So we have this site called Team DDP Yoga. And it's Team DDP Yoga. Take the pictures, do the measurements, set your goals, blah, blah, blah. So my next question for him was, did you happen to join Team DDP Yoga? And he said, yes, I did. I said, right away? He said, right away. I said, God, please, please, please let him say yes he did this next question. I said, did you happen to take the pictures and the measurements? He said, yes, I did. Oh, my God. And my pictures are like no one's. They're not front and side. Now, a lot of people only take those. Right, sure. They're folding forward to check your flexibility, your physiology, right. and your core strength. He took all six pictures, but what he wrote on that day that he joined is something anyone trying to do. He was 520 pounds as he wrote I'm going to do this goal. I'm going to do that goal. Wow. I'm going to shift. He watched all the movies. Because once people know you're eating arsenic, which is poison. Yes, of course. Once people really know it and they shove it in their face, at least they have a click. Some people go, whoa, I'm not doing this anymore. Right, sure. And it's a series of movies. Like, don't listen to the wrestler. But listen to this places. I'm going to tell you to go. Like, Watch Food Inc., watch Genetic Roulette, watch Fed Up, 
Watch uh, Forks Over Knives. Watch Oh My God, OMG. Okay, okay. Uh, oh, 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 there's GMO, Oh My God, that's what it's called. Okay, so for, for, so for people that are listening right now, let's say there's a guy like a guy like me. Okay, I don't drink here, but for right. the most part, I'm a non-drinker, non-smoker. Uh, I exercise, very active, but I've eaten a lot of wheat, and I have I have a lot of wheat in my diet that I'm trying to eliminate. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you have any trouble with it? Do you but, feel beat up? Do you feel run down? Do you, I don't. You see, you might be those people who can eat plastic. Right. Because <laughs> you know, I always say that I, a big guy, like Eric, he started four. 84 pounds. Oh my gosh. Another guy, DJ, who started 519. Another guy, Slim, who started 601. They're all down hundreds of pounds. Right. I got a guy who's 681 who started yesterday. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. And I know about these guys because they come begging for my help. Then I turn them over to Garrett. Garrett sends them a list. And it's things like take the pictures, take the measurements, set your goals, watch these movies, start a video blog. It's all about Making them do things that aren't even physical and get the program. Right. Now, if they can't afford it, which happens a lot, we have a hardship fund that Liz Collins and uh, and Christina uh, Aaron, uh, that they start, excuse me, Russell, excuse me, Christina Russell to Aaron, <laughs> Christina Russell, um, who are both amazing moms. Christina, she's going to run the DDPO Performance Center for me. Beautiful six foot one, uh, long black hair. Looks like a freaking movie star now. Uh, but she lost sixty pounds. Fantastic. Uh, she got a great family. And they um, can go to go. Ahead, uh, they they created. Tell them the website that they can go to. Uh, if they just Google on 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 YouTube, the Hardship Fund. The Hardship Fund. Yoga. Okay. And. Uh, they make you go through a succession of stuff along with the stuff that I'm going to have to give you because they don't want to get people from DDP Yoga who actually put money in. Right. I pay, they, they, and I, it's only half price for them because I put in one half, the, the team members put the other half in, and then the, what does this person do? You know, because you right. really, you don't want someone to buy it or not buy it, get it, give it to them, and then not do it. Right, right. Exactly. You know, let's give it exactly. to somebody who's really going to do it. Really do it yeah. But I will tell you right now, whether you have trouble, how old are you now? Uh, <laughs> I just turned 41. Okay, you're still a babe. Oh, you, you must, mostly wheat won't hit you until you're in your 50s if you can eat plastic. Let's see. Yep, you're on your way to that wheat belly right there. Dude. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm about it. <laughs> I, would, I would guarantee absolutely everyone if you can't get organic wheat, which you can't, yeah. Um, if you get off wheat and dairy, just, just say wheat though for for two weeks, really three. Right. If you don't feel different, go back and eat it. But you have to understand. Well, I've been not, I haven't been eating bread. No, wheat's in everything. Yeah, that's right. And it's been genetically modified. It used to be seven feet tall. Now it's eighteen inches, but it yields three times the mass. Right. So my point is, if you're eating shit and you feel okay. If you start eating real food, like, well, how do I get my pasta? Brown rice pasta. Tinkyata. That's what Brenda said. Tinkyata. Awesome. Uh, any kind of kosher anything? Because friggin' the Jews know how to eat real food. <laughs> yeah. You know, because they, they, don't, they, don't they don't eat shit. That's right. They eat real food, and that's like a religion. 
and you know my, my fiance is Jewish and she oh uh, she don't eat any of that shit already you know well so, she, Brenda was telling me about about, about Tinkiata. I'm gonna do a quick intro real fast. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, I'm here with, with uh, buddy Diamond Dallas Page. We're poolside at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. Uh, as part also over at Gold Coast is for the uh, the Cauliflower Alley reunion. Right. And then tonight, uh, Diamond Dallas Page is going to be honored uh, with two awards. Actually, one tonight, one tomorrow. Oh, so tomorrow's gonna be the, the, yeah. the, the, the big bang. But tonight's the uh, the big baloney blowout. Yeah, that Brian Blair hates that name. <laughs> This is actually my first uh, Cauliflower Alley uh, reunion. I, I, and it's so funny. I've been a wrestling fan for 30 years, and I have no idea. But it was wasn't until uh, about a year and a half ago that I actually even first heard of its existence. Yeah. And it was actually through, believe it or not. I'm actually going to be talking with them later. I'm actually going to be uh, doing a podcast that with some of the, uh, the the former Glow Girls, the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Right. And they came out with a documentary, and they were able to do a reunion via CAC. Oh, it's it, awesome. So that's how I was actually, and I was like, I gotta find out about that. Yeah. And, you know, and here Uncle we are. Dick used to beg me to come for years, but my schedule was too crazy. And I figured when I got older, you know, I would come in, and the first time I came in, I inducted Jake. Right. You know, and I'm always going to do something with the CAC because, you know, people need to know that it isn't like there's a, you know, um, a board, and there is a board, but none of them make any money. It's not like Ryan Blair, president, you know, takes a salary. He doesn't. Yeah. Nobody takes any money. All the money that comes in, you know, when we do the reunion, when we do the events, you know, for the CAC, all of the money goes to helping the boys, you know. And, and, it's, and you can kind of feel the kind of the love affair because people are only doing that. They're not doing it for the money. They're doing it because they love it. Yeah, right. And they want it to exist, and you can kind of feel that. And that. And why wouldn't you want to support that? I mean, the, the George Bailey and all of us wouldn't want to support that, right? Yeah, you know, and again, like, I... I you know, like, uh, because Brenda had breast cancer, we get a lot of people wanting us to donate towards breast cancer, but breast cancer is, like, one of the biggest gimmicks on the planet. You know, do they have money that goes to research? Yeah, but it's, like, 20% of every dollar. Right, right. 80% feeds the monster. Wow. You know, and they're never going to cure anything that has to have cancer treatments. They're just never... I'm sure there's people who are diligently working for that to happen. Sure. But when you've got a 600 billion dollar MBO business, which is chemo, and when people lose their jobs, get rid of 600 billion dollars. Right. right, like you said, they're not going to eliminate they're, that. It's too much money. Yeah. I, said, you know, oh, so I, I never let Brendan take any of that chemo. I took her to Mexico. I got you know, alter, alternative uh, you know, um, healthy, yeah. you know, much healthier um, Stuff from you know overseas, Switzerland. It's kind of like what Eddie Van Halen did, right? He uh, he he called it. He said he didn't have to drink the Drano, is what he said. He he went to I think it was uh, I think it, maybe where he's from from the Netherlands or the Netherlands where they're from, and he did something alternative like that. He didn't and, 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 like that. And, and as far as that's concerned, um, he um, uh, who or him or any of the people take the you know and do it the alternative way because when chemo comes in your body it does kill cancer hopefully it's going to kill your cancer it might not kill all of it but it's surely going to kill all those cells in there too right, sure, sure. and it's sort of like I'm going to burn down my house and see what survives you know that's, and, a, that's, a, that's um, a pretty accurate analogy there yeah because you really don't know um, 
people said, yeah, but look at Farrah Fawcett. She went over there and she tried to, you know, to do it to alternative way. That's after she had two rounds of chemo. Right, right. Once you had the chemo come in and rip your body up. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's not like it's before you ever did that. Right, right, right. You know, and a lot of times, you know, I'm not a doctor, you know, at all. I'm a wrestler. But I know I know a lot about cancer because of my, you know, my lady had it. You know, couldn't have been any closer to me. You know, and uh, so funny, I would always have people come up to me saying, oh, man, I'm so depressed. You know, my life sucks. And I remember Brickhouse Brown, who's was a buddy of mine, and um, I always showed up in Memphis. He wrestled in Memphis for years. And he said, uh, you know, Dallas, I heard you go, you, you know, you're, you're on top of the world, you're, you know, you're making all sorts of money, you know, but you're also inspiring, and you, and, you, and you try to help people. He goes, I heard you doing a lot of inspiration speaking. He said, inspire me. I said, wow. Well, Rob Brick, I said, you know, what's the deal? I said, do you have cancer? He said, hell no, dude, why would you ask me that? Why would you even say that? I go, because that's a problem. You know, you got yeah. problems at home with your wife, yeah. with your job. You got no problems with your health. That's number one. That's right. So thank God right there. Yeah. You know, and I said, you really want to turn your, your head and your mind space around? But I'm Danny Thomas' Danny Thomas's cancer center. Yeah. It's all kids. I said, you walk in there, they don't know if you're WWE or WCW or Memphis. They just know that you're Brickhouse Brown, you're a wrestler. Right. Because they see you on TV. You want to see those kids who are dying. Yes. You're smiling from ear to ear, bro. I said, that'll help turn your life around. Golly. Yeah. Wow, Donna, he goes, that's pretty damn good advice. I don't know if you ever did, because I haven't really talked to him about that, but, you know, it's a, life's a state of mind, you know? Absolutely. And, and, and you're going to... I mean, this journey that you're on, would you say that this is your calling? I mean, you always will be identified for the rest of your life as a, as a wrestler, but this seems to be, would you say this is a, a better fit, or? I'd say it's just the next journey. You know, the next stage, right? I'm also going to um, eventually do my own reality show. I've had seven different producers. I've told them no, because I don't think they get it. And I'm not going to do that bullshit that they do on reality TV. Right, and, You know, to be entertaining, arguing and yelling. Yeah. Um, I change lives. I help people own their life. I've got an amazing team and an amazing family that people will be drawn to because our life's a reality show. And so that's the entertainment of it. You see? You know, just, it's yeah. our lives. Yes. There's always something crazy going on. <laughs> but see, that's what I mean, though. It's like, you know, in terms of being a performer and an entertainer versus being a healer, being an, you know somebody that, that truly inspires somebody, wouldn't you say that that's who you are? Um, I think I'm more of a guide. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand that. I know how to, uh, I know how, I, I just know how to fix my own body. And when I start working with someone, I mean, Last night, there was two people that were in my workshop, one who had to sit in a chair and one who got up and down off the chair and one in, uh, and another, there was two people who got up and off the chair. I've had people come in wheelchairs to my workshop and I've got some of the best shape people you've ever seen in your life. Right. It's like one extreme to the other, but I can make that person uh, even much deeper when it's just one-on-one. Right, sure. Because they're still trying to follow from a group, but I always have one of my, um, you know, certified instructors with them to help them help them get up help them get down 
Um, and all of a sudden, they feel like, wow, I can do this. You know, that's the Arthur Borman syndrome. Yeah. You know, they yeah, say, well, yeah. that I help. Um, so all I did was guide Arthur. All I did was guide, guide Jake, guide Scott, guide, you know, the guys who lost the weight. And sometimes it's just off my DVDs. Because I can't tell you how many times people say to me, I feel like you're talking right to me. Because, I mean, you know, people have a pretty good bullshit detector, right? Yeah. And, you know, one thing, I think the reason why you and I got along so well was because immediately there was no bullshit between us. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I felt that, and I probably have a higher bullshit detector than most. <laughs> okay. And so, but I was kind of like, you know, this guy's cool. You know, this guy's, and so I think it's not a coincidence that people are kind of, kind of drawn to, to people that, because it's rare when you meet them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, now, talking about, about Jake, uh, like I said, you and I met, uh, said met in Utah. I, I was at the uh, the Royal Rumble uh, watching party right. over there. That was such a, such a special night. And, um, you know, I remember I, I kept asking. I was like, you know, where, where's Dallas? Where's, you know, not knowing that right. you had taken the plane out to, to Philadelphia. And when you came out during the Rumble and the whole place, I just really wish that, that you could have seen that. Yeah. Because well, if you really would they haven't shown it yet because they're, fit, they're they're editing it right now. Oh, okay. But they did they did film it all, and Brenda was the craziest. But yeah, she was. Yeah. She never had seen me. You know, ever do that? We don't watch my old wrestling. Right, sure. We don't even watch my around. old movies. <laughs> you know, we don't watch any of that. Um, she's just a part of what we're doing now. Right. Right. And. Uh, you know, but they put you over so good, though. They put me over better than they ever did. Ever, ever, ever did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that awesome, though? Yeah, that, so was my, that was all Michael P.S. Hayes' idea. That's so great. And, so uh, great. of course, Vince has got to say okay. Right. So to come from Hunter and Vince, I mean, it was, uh, all I could say was thank you, guys. You right. Know, I don't care that I didn't get the push I thought I deserved when I got in there originally because that was 13 years ago. Right. I don't live in the past. I live in today. And I would so much rather be getting the push they're giving me right now in life. They let me wear my DDP yoga shirt. So you get that's that was the first thing I noticed. I was like, you know, this is the this is the the broadcast right here. It's you know it's unbelievable. Like so, I have a great relationship with the WWE. Um, they didn't want to be a part of the film because it was too dark and it right. doesn't really fit their brand. Right, Not I understood that. Um, and um, you know, as but you've seen the movie. We put over the right. WWE huge. Oh yeah. Because we're telling the truth. Yeah. We're not doing it to kiss their ass. Right. We're doing it. It because, was a central part of the story. Yeah. Right. They they helped out Jake and Scott like eleven and twelve times. Right. You know, rehabs, which ain't cheap. And so that when people look at it, they won't go, well, you know what, the WWE did this to them, and why aren't they helping them? No, that's crazy. Jake that's thanks them at the end of the movie. That's right, that's right. You know, but I can, see, I can see why they wouldn't you know? want to be a part of that. I, 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 I got it. I was like, cool. You know? So it's, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm really, looking, we're probably going to release, we're going to do a, you know, we're going to do some four wall and go out and hit some, uh, do some uh, things like we did in L.A., where we'll bring DDP, uh, DDP um, we'll bring the Resurrection Jake the State, right. maybe to Dallas, Atlanta, Chicago, Miami, uh, maybe back to LA again. And after we're done doing the movie and then the Q&A, leave the movie there for a week and see what it does. Right, right. See how long that goes, because then you can really see what it happens. Right. And then if it goes, maybe bring in a couple other theaters. Um, but, but currently, there, there is no distribution currently. No, and we don't know, because 
every we can do it all ourselves. Why not? Exactly. Showtime and Netflix to me insulted us with their offer because they think they can just steal it from us. It's like you know what? How about no? <laughs> you know, how about and later on? You're going to pay five times that amount. Right. And part of it, we haven't decided what charity, but I think it's going to be with the Wounded Warriors or something like that. Right. Uh, where a, a portion of, you know, what we're doing goes to, you know, a charity that I really believe in. I've been to Iraq three times, Afghanistan once, all my own time. You know, uh, two weeks at a time. Uh, so, I mean, I hate all the bullshit, you know, wars, but I love the warrior. Right. So, uh, I think we're probably going to do something there. Um, but I want to build it all up. At the end of that four-week, six-week tour, I want to build it up to, and we're going to go live, maybe Vimeo, I don't know. And we're going to have a live, you know, you know our own little on-demand where people can come from all over the world and watch this movie. Well, you know what? But even, even the promotion of it in Utah it was something very punk rock about it I mean I was watching you guys hanging your own posters and just taking over the city oh yeah we ran rapid but that's you see what I'm saying so I mean again like I said I come I come from music and punk rock and all that so that that really appealed to my sensibilities is seeing you guys out there doing that and so why not do it yourself run out the theater you know what I mean and let people see Sundance that's on it Slamdance wants to do it with us so it gives us no level of credibility and it really wants to and I'm pretty sure we're gonna, and uh, but then build up like all all the radio. Me, Jake, and Scott will be a ton of radio, you know, ton of you know podcasts, all building up for the release worldwide. The release, I think, it's going to be unbelievable because this movie's got so much buzz, and we don't. It's not out there anywhere. Right. We won't let it go out there. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it'll go out when we want it to. Right. You know, and... And in terms of business, Netflix would have to probably pay way more than what they were initially offering because you guys have put the work in. Then, then, then we'll really have something that we're like, wow. And then they're going to find the guy who offered that jabroni payoff, and they're going to go, that's the guy right. who's offered right. us this. And right. we just had to prove to you that, no, you're going to pay five times that now. Right, exactly. You know? And we're only going to give it to you for this long. And we're not going to do this, we're not going to do that. And I've been doing it my whole life. Yeah. You know, I, I, one of the last things, um, like this movie, there was a couple highbrow directors. Uh, Allie Gray, she's a director, but, but her husband is James Gray. And she brought it to James, and she's really, 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 really smart. And she showed it to James, and she, and I talked, and she said, Dallas, with some slight changes, this is an Oscar-winning movie. And I started laughing. I said, you know, my goal was to have to be an Oscar-nominated movie. <laughs> and she said, no, Dallas, I'm serious, with some slight changes. Now, without any spoilers, what changes? Can't tell you. It's, it's yeah. something, it's, it's, it's nothing that's dramatic, okay. but it's the way the story is told, okay. just a little bit smoother. Uh, we just did our first run. We just sent it over to her because uh, Allie's was heading up. But it was Allie, James Gray, and I don't know if you saw that la- the latest uh, Planet of the Apes movie. I did, yeah. That director, Mark Reeves. Yeah, Mark Reeves, yeah. That he's he's one of the three who gave us the notes. Oh, wow. That movie, I, I wasn't, in nothing against Mark, but I was suspecting a lot of that's a lot of CGI. 
that fucking movie is awesome. Oh yeah, it's oh yeah. Awesome. Oh no, it is awesome. It's awesome. Like the I got I grew up in Planet of the Apes. So your expectations were low because of well, just because I don't like CGI that much. I don't either. I don't but either. Their CGI was it was believable. It was, I got it was. lost in it, sort of like they did with Batman. Right. You know, um, but. The characters, Caesar, I mean, I felt this ape's pain. Yeah. You know, the sun, Coda. Yes. It was like, and they were, it was all written. It was like, it was like, it was, you know, they didn't know how to talk. How did they learn how to talk? Oh my God, here it comes. Now this makes sense. Right, right. Like everything in that movie made sense to me. Mm-hmm. And you got to suspend belief, of course. Of course. Like all comic book or movies like that, but. I walked away from that movie going, man, I can't wait to see the next one. Well, I I felt the same way because the first one that they did, I guess about 10 years ago, I didn't care for it. That's what I was expecting. I wasn't going to watch it. Yeah, I didn't care for it. But I knew Mark had done the time and and put the notes for the movie, so I I wanted to watch what was his interpretation. I was was blown away. You know another movie I was blown away like that? And I, I expected nothing... And I had it at home. I got a screen in my bedroom. It's 110 inches. Oh wow! I comes out of the ceiling. It's it's my well, own a big theater. Film fan, yeah. Yeah, a big the- big theater uh, in my bedroom. But Godzilla. Really? I I didn't see dude, it. Dude, what they make Godzilla? I want to say all I know is they make the newest Godzilla a baby face. <laughs> I expected nothing. He turns face in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's really well done. Really? Yeah, it blew my That's mind. That's interesting. Again, I I was expecting nothing. Yeah, of course, because they do you know, they redo that shit like every yeah, five years with, it, with that. But you know, back to to, to Reeves' film. I mean, really amazing. Amazing job, and, and so they were. So they saw the film. Now the they face- saw. It, they gave us a whole list of notes, and it was really right now. The cut that everyone has seen up till now has been about mine and Jake's relationship. But Jake, you know, who's the junkie, and how's he going to kick? How's he going to, you know, resurrect? Right. They felt it needed to be more about the friendship. Okay. You know, okay. and why, like, we don't even really say why I did this. Well, it's in there, but it's not. As somebody that's seen the film, and I don't know if you read my, 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 my review of the film after, right after Slamdance, um, I would have to agree with that. And again, no spoilers. What I wanted to see more, because I, I love the movie so much, not just because I'm a, uh, a wrestling fan or, or a fan of you guys, it's just a very well done film that tells a very important story. The things I, I was could have used more of was the relationship between you and Jake. Because that's it. That's that's the main note. And we did have that. We just didn't go towards that. You know, Steve, first time director, did a hell of a job on it. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, yeah, he did. But again, to have Ali, James, Mark take the time to write that. I mean, I'm just so indebted for nothing. Just because they think it's a great movie, and they really think it, you know, it could be unbelievable. Well, I mean, and you don't have to be a, what I wrote in the review. You don't have to be a fan of wrestling to enjoy this movie. You don't have to know anything about, and that's where it works on a human level, right? Because the movie's really just about relationships, right? You know what I mean? Um, but also, I think that okay, like, like I'll give you one more example. Um, I was at the Hall of Fame ceremony in in New Orleans, right? Okay, now this is before I had no idea y'all were filming a movie. I didn't even really know about. 
the background of that. In fact, right. when someone's announced that they're going to be inducted, the first thing you think of usually is, oh, of course, so-and-so is going to be inducting them. It's an obvious thing. Right. Okay, so now I would know it would be obvious that you would, it would be you, but then I didn't. Right. You see? <laughs> right, see? right. So, and it was what's funny about that is yeah. I just assumed it would be me. Jake just assumed it would be me. And then one day I got a call from the WWE and Mark Carano, one of my buddies there, was like, Dave, how'd you like to duck Dave Jake into the Hall of Fame? Mark Carano's head, head of top relations over there, right? Yeah, yeah. he's right. He's, he's the right hand of uh, Triple H. Right. And uh, I was it absolutely, bro, thinking, man, guess what, dude? This is their TV. You weren't, like, in for sure. Right. You weren't in. Because <laughs> right. all they do is ask somebody else. And you weren't in. That's right. That's right. And so I was very grateful to them for that because that was my 58th birthday, April 5th. That day. I got to induct Jake and Scott going in, you know, my whole life. And I got really emotional, as you know, in the movie when I got to this part. My whole life, people would tell me what I can't do. Yeah. You know, you're never going to get, you know, you're never going to run your own nightclub. You're never going to, you're never going to. Um, you know, getting to wrestling, and God knows you're, you're never going to get over. You're too old. You do this, you do that. Then I told my rotator cup a year into wrestling, and yeah. now you're never going to get your job back. It was never a job to me. Yeah. It's my fucking dream, and no one's going to tell me what I can or cannot dream. That's right. You know, and That's right. it just made me work harder. You know, and you know, you're never, oh, wait, now he's doing yoga. Oh, God. And I said, I'm going to change the meaning of the word yoga. I'm going to have people who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga, doing DDP yoga. Yeah. And, you know, so, and I've always taken the path less traveled. Did Robert Foster, did he say that? Yeah, Robert, the path less traveled. I've gone even a different direction now because when I got to the, far, you know, the forest, there was no path. Right. I had to get out a bulldozer and knock down one tree at a time, get one person who believed in DDP yoga at a time. And then they told two people, and two people told two people, that's and right. so on. And you have that connotation that yoga equals fem feminine or female. Well, that's what this country it's, it's, right. it's, it's been marketed as. would be. Uh, when the reality is, where it started at in India, it was only done by the warrior athletes. Yeah. That's it. To, to make their bodies strong so they could go, because they're fighting with their bare hands right. or knives. There's no guns back then. Well, I've also done your, done your program. I, it, it's not easy, folks. <laughs> yeah, but you can make it easy, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that's well, what I, I don't mean it as a, as a negative. But what I mean is, I mean is, is if you're going into this as like, oh, yoga, that's not going to be enough for me. Oh, yeah, right. Trust me, guys. It will be, it will be, it will be more than right, enough. Right, right, right. And if you're injured, it can also be a lot less because yeah. I had people in, you know, like I say, in chairs and had to have chairs to stand up and go back down again next to people who are studs. Right. You know, but they're all getting the same workout because you can make it your own at any level. And that's what that's what Chris Jericho talks about. And, yeah. and, and talk about the whole dismissing the you know the femininity thing. He's a rock star doing this on the back of a tour bus. Oh god, he's got so many rockers doing it now, it's yeah. ridiculous. You know, you know? So he's always sending me somebody like <laughs> you know, from this band or from that band, from Metallica, you know, like uh, Eddie Trunk from uh, you know, from uh, MTV. You know, um, and it's all the time. Yeah. All, all yeah. the time, he's, he's sending me something. 
Yeah. He said it to Chael Sonnen. He was, he was, he was, he was uh, interviewing Chael, and uh, you know, Chael was complaining about his back. And, and right there, Jericho was DDP yoga, dude. You got Bam. some DDP yoga. And then I meet him like at WrestleMania a couple weeks later. Next thing I'm talking, next thing you know, he gets it today. Yeah, it's so. fantastic, man. Well, so in closing, let's go ahead and, and reannounce. Uh, you said you guys are going to be back here at the Hard Rock. Don't know it'll be coming. Go to anybody go to my mailing list. Right. I go to diamonddallaspage.com and it'll say mailing list. You okay. it. It's all the same. I, I include everything in there from wrestling dates to you know, if I'm doing an appearance or a movie right. or whatever I'm doing. I like people being to know on my monthly mailer. So you really want to get that diamonddallaspage.com, uh, and we will be back here at the Hard Rock. We're going to set the date. I was just talking to the top guys, and they were blown away that we brought in like 60 people yeah, on a Monday yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, when it gets to a weekend, we got three months to, you know, four months to promote it. It'll be 150 people. You won't be able to get in. That's right. That's right. Well, check that out uh, at ddpyoga.com. And there's also, like you said, for if it, uh, there's a hardship. In case. Right, if anybody's in that position, just Google hardship. Okay. Find uh, at DDP Yoga. It'll come up. Liz's name will be up there, and they, they make you work for it. You know, they make right, you right. right. And, you know, and, and to me, if you won't take the time to do that, you won't take the time to put the real work in. That's right. That's right. You know? And also, congratulations tonight on the awards, and thanks so much for, for, for sitting down with us. It's been so much fun talking with you. Well, it's been your Uh, you are listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. I'm sitting here with Rich Simmons here. Mm -hmm. So, Rich, what did you think of the interview? I thought it was awesome, man. Uh, something where, you know, he definitely had a lot to say uh, about, you know, lots of cool stuff. And uh, one thing I didn't know that was so into the uh, movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, I know, uh, right? Which you know a little bit about. Yeah, well, you know, it's my favorite movie. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so, you know... Uh, when did I think I would, you know, how the interview was going to be steered? I didn't think that while we were sitting in this cabana uh, in April at the Hard Rock Hotel right. with all these, uh, you know, girls so around far from Christmas, right? Uh, <laughs> and he and I are, are nerding out about it, the wonderful life, but it was wonderful and and it was great how positive uh, he was because that's 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 the thing that right. I, I think that's his real legacy is 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 his positivity. Oh, for and, sure. Uh, and I think that's why the movie speaks so much to him in the same way that it does for me as well. Uh, but now, uh, for those that are looking for, as I mentioned, when you actually can see uh, the Jake the Snake movie, which we should actually should call it by its actual title, which is The Resurrection of Jake the Snake, you can go to just jakethesnakemovie.com, uh, but there are some upcoming screenings. Uh, September 2nd, it's going to be playing at the, uh, the Portland Film Festival. Um, and uh, September 21st, it's going to be in Atlanta. Um, and then it's actually, actually going to be at the Magnolia uh, you okay. know, here in Dallas okay. on, sept, uh, on September, again, 28th. Uh, the very next night, it's going to be in Tampa. Uh, and I do know... Um, oh, yeah, and also it's going to premiere in Philadelphia on uh, October the 1st. Um, and then the very next day on October the 2nd, it's going to be in Yonkers. Um, and then, like, and then on the third in Baltimore. So, uh, and, I, and I know after talking with them that you know they got screenings coming up in Chattanooga and Nashville and everywhere else. So just you know check your local theaters. Uh, again, go to Jake the Snake, or just go to JakeTheSnakeMovie.com and you can see it. 
that just about wraps us up here this week, Rich. Um, and so in order to find Rich Simmons, he is a awesome uh, <laughs> curator of, 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 uh, of toy and, and uh, nerd memorabilia, sure, as I like to call absolutely. it, and everything else. And where, where can they find you? What is, what is your website? You have a, you have a, don't you have a, what is your company called? It's called Six Robots? Six Robots is the company. Okay, uh, you just Google it. No website. You can, you can Google it to see where, because any shows that I do, trade shows, they'll list me on there. Uh, and I do have a Twitter. Okay, which is? Six Robot Toys. Perfect. At, at Six Robots Toys. Perfect. Awesome. And, of course, you can always can find us at TrickyKid.com. That's www.tricky. T-R-I-C-K-Y hyphen K-I-D dot com. You can also can find us on Twitter at just the at symbol and tricky kid and the number two. Uh, so anyway, so I hope that you've enjoyed this week with Tricky Kid Radio. I'm Roy Turner, and for my co-host, Rich Simmons. That's me. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs>